Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's the India against England daily podcast and we've just seen the closest game of the series so far with India getting home by eight runs to level the series at two all. It means that Saturday's game is the decider and uh, that's what we want, don't we? We want some thrilling cricket and some close games and we finally got one. Joining me today, Naman Shah and Raj Yadav, two Indian supporters who I imagine are quite happy with life this evening. Naman, let's start with you. That was say a a good game as I say the closest game we've seen so far and all the better for it Absolutely, James. And uh, it was like man of the match performance and couldn't ask a better game for a debutant. You can say, yes, he has played his second match, but what a game and what uh, an innings that was by Surya Kumar Yadav when uh, he looked brilliant. He just continued his form uh, from IPL. And overall, I was happy uh, seeing India in this situation because uh, we always know because in some of the other match, Rohit and Kohli are going to play and uh, they are going to win matches for India. But uh, this kind of matches are giving chance for other players to step in and there is so much of competition in the team so overall absolutely a good game also the bowlers bowling with that wet ball and defending this total overall a good performance by all the players from the team Raj Suryakumi Yadav's guy coming out there his first bat for India after waiting quite a while for a call up to pull your first ball for six is quite some effort isn't it it's remarkable you know he looked like he belonged there he belonged in this international circuit you know this IPL experience helps a lot but uh, to pull your first ball for six against the likes of Joe Fraser tells you how confident he is as a batsman and how confident he's, he has been as a player for the Mumbai Indians over these years and finally getting a chance at the age of 30 you know I don't remember the last cricketer who got the chance at the age of 30 for India representing uh, for international cricket and it was was worth it and Naman it seemed to me for India I mean I, I was hoping they were going to get up to a score of about 180-190 to make this game competitive and they finished it with 185 for eight but the two batsmen for me that seemed to be um, the best of the Indians today were the two right-handers who just relied on timing really rather than brute force it was Surya Kumar Yadav with 57 from 31 and I thought Shreyas 
player. He's 37 from 18. He looked really good as well. Yes, uh, both are from Mumbai itself and uh, they played proper cricket shots and as you have correctly mentioned, it was a stroke play, proper textbook cricket and it, they were not going too hard at the ball. But at the end of the day, these are the flavours what we get in a team. Uh, there are different roles for different kind of players. That is why uh, there is a reason why Russells and uh, Pandyas, all they need to come in uh, in such situations, they need time because it will be harder for this kind of batsmen to just come and swing uh, right from ball one. You saw what Stokes did today. Morgan sent him up uh, and uh, he spent time in the on the pitch and then he went for uh, hitting the bowlers, uh, Rahul Cheher and uh, Sundar and everyone. So players like this, I feel they need some time on the pitch and they need to be sent early. But overall, a complete uh, performance by all the batsmen, to be honest. Pant also did his job, but uh, I felt the tone which India needed up front was set by Surya Kumar Yadav. He just um, played magnificent innings. 70 for three when Virat Kohli went Raj uh, after 8.4 overs. And at that stage, you just felt England were maybe getting ahead in the game. But I thought that partnership between uh, Pant and uh, Surya Kumar and then was Shreyas coming in just kept, kept the momentum going. And they got a couple of big overs as well in the final six, didn't they? Which kind of propelled them up to a score, which was very competitive. Absolutely, you know, and also 70 for three, you know, the scoreline looks at 70 for three, but today, you know, India have a very cautious upstart. So the first six overs, the plan was very clear that they do not lose enough wickets to the likes of Mark Wood and Jofra Archer. So they had a very calculated approach today in the beginning. And like when Amman also mentioned that, you know, Surya Kumar Yadav set the tone for them. You know, he was batting beautifully. He started off with a six, couple of cover drives over cover. You know, it was very, very good to watch. And he set the tone for uh, India, even after 70 for three, you know, the kind of recovery they were scoring at a brisk pace and you know they were scoring at a good rate so after even uh, losing three wickets you know india never felt uh, that you know they were lacking runs on the board they just followed the tempo which was set by Surya Kumar Yadav and Iyer Pant and these guys played a lot of handy innings in between and also in the end Shardul Thakur with those crucial two fours was very very vital for this team to get to that score Jofra Archer Naman finished with four for 33 he bowled nicely but I felt the pick of the bowlers again was Mark Woods he's one for 25 he's a slippery customer he's quick he just seems to have got it exactly where he wants it at the moment Mark Woods what it's good to see. He was superb in the power play, but out of his four overs, I felt that the over he bowled to Hardik Pandya was just awesome. And uh, you can you know how Hardik Pandya is and uh, what he can do to the bowler. Uh, so the length he was bowling at and the pace he bowled out outside the off stump and a bit short. Uh, he know Hardik Pandya struggles against pace. Uh, so that over, I guess he bowled three dot balls and the fourth ball was wicket. I felt and the 19th over was the best one of Wood and I feel the experience of IPL also is helping him and after Archer they both are complementing each other and uh, I feel these two bowlers are going to be very crucial for England going into the World Cup they need to identify one more in place of maybe Sam Curran or Jordan but I feel these two bowlers are going to be uh, the key bowlers for England uh, and Raj the plan of attack by England to Hardik Pandya I think they've got it exactly right Chris Jordan maybe didn't get it quite right to him but they try to kind of keep it outside of his off stump they've tried to stop it being in his arc because we know how dangerous he can be you know he can swing that ball away to long off or, or mid wicket at will if it's there for him but they just denied him that possibility just two years ago you know Hardik Pandya changed his stance so that you know he could go have his range hitting 
through the leg side more and after his change is turns you know it's very difficult for him to you know hit balls over the cover or t- towards the offside and what naman said was absolutely right you know how mark would executed his plans against hardik pandya bowling those hard lengths at pace at his body hardik t- tends to you know uh, g- gets a bit rattled against such pace but if uh, the likes of jordan who are maybe 10 shades say 10 kilometers quick a little lesser quicker than mark would don't actually trouble him but yeah mark would got those lengths absolutely spot on and that's where you bowl to hardik pandya hard lengths at pace at the offside and not give enough room but maybe what are hardik should do in the coming games is try to uh, improve his say 360 degree style of play where he could hit these balls say over square or try to uh, just uh, guide it past the third man and not try to tonk every ball say over long on or long off I was going to say, Raj, I think with Hardik Pandya, we know how destructive he can be. He seems to throw the kitchen sink at everything and sometimes lose his shape a little bit. There was scope there, I felt, in his innings to maybe just get bat on ball and get down the other end at times. Absolutely. And this is what happens, you know, when you send in a finisher who has just three overs to bat. It's not easy in Tweetenty cricket to slog from, say, ball one. The likes of Kyron Pollard and the likes of Hardik Pandya, you know, these are players who would at least need, say, six to seven overs in the crease. The ones they start... getting say maybe uh, getting say one six of a spinner then you know they try to have that shape and maybe they perform better in the slog overs but this is what happens when you send hardik pandya so late in the uh, lineup but nothing to blame but uh, i would prefer that uh, that is why you know shreya sayer's position in this indian side is a bit dicey even though you know he looks excellent he played he's playing very well in this series and uh, the kind of position that he bats is not comfortable in that position yet he's delivering for india i still feel that you know shreya sayer is not india's number 6 player who would they won't be going into the world cup that's why maybe you know hardik has to get more overs to bat to kind of have his shape there's a rat in the kitchen what am i gonna do there's a rat in the kitchen what am i gonna do i'm gonna get a black rat cricket bat he refans The best kit available to maximize those scoring opportunities from blackratcricket.com. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. When you look at India's batting and you think there's Ishan Kishan and you think that there's uh, possibly another couple that might be in contention for a place there and you know, nobody's really safe i mean virat kohli's obviously safe rohit sharma's safe but other than that they're all fighting for spots aren't they absolutely and uh, this is what i mentioned in my twitter account also you know two weeks ago and i had discussed with you as well as james on this i am not content with what india has been doing in the t20 circuit the last few years i mentioned in the last podcast as well that t20 has to be india's weakest format at the moment you know these wins are good and you feel elated and you feel happy about it but it does not look good in the larger scheme of things i wouldn't have mind if india experienced a string of losses this series i mentioned it before as well that you know england are a heavyweight side and uh, lo- losses against england show 
show a lot of weaknesses in a side before a major tournament and maybe it is the right time when a side is going on into world cup to experience these lows and challenges as a side so that they can quickly identify pain areas and plug those small gaps as a side so not very happy with the kind of selections or for that matter say lack of long term vision and roadmap this this team possesses in t20 cricket this is sort of giving me pre 2019 world cup vibes wherein india never knew the, who their number 4 was uh, you know they tried the likes of raidu vijay shankar and a lot of names to go in there i i don't want to get in there uh, this team has some more problems considering they don't know who their number 5 would be and now with ishan kishan performing the way he did in his debut surya kumar yadav performing when just now when he got a chance would mean that they do not know who their first choice maybe top four are apart from say rohit and virat they seem to know their say they seem to not know their bowling lineup as well of course you know you could argue, argue that this indian side has plenty of reserves talent and depth similar to england but the major difference being morgan and the management clear for example if i ask you james what would be england's 11 going on to the world cup you would just take say 10 seconds to name england's lineup with the backups yeah. but uh, for india you know dhawan rahul rahul kishan rohit rahul who's going to open the innings for india in the world cup that that's the point now man isn't it that uh, you know i think with, with england we're seeing their their first 11 out there yeah, that you maybe have the scope to you know swap the sam curran for a moen ali or you know just tinker with the middle order there some in some situations depending on the pitch that you're playing on but england have got their 11 in their head they've got probably got their 15 16 man squad in their head as well and each of those players knows their roles and knows what's expected of them whereas with india they seem to have a squad of maybe 16 or 20 in their head but they haven't really got the fine tuning done yet and the worry for india is that this is their final t20 series before the world cup pretty much and i couldn't agree more with what uh, just uh, raj mentioned i feel the plan over here is to have a bunch of 20 to 25 players to choose from and i also feel the timing of the ipl and it's only going to add more chaos if other players turn up and perform out of their skin owing to world cup in the next 6 to 7 months how are you going to let them be into your team also jadeja is out and bumrah natarajan both are out even shami is out. Out. we are now we have now brought bhuvneshwar over here and dhawan is sitting out so there is lot of uh, chaos out here but i feel uh, as we saw ro kohli mentioning in his uh, last after uh, conference i guess they are going to back rahul to open with rohit I, even he is going through a lean patch over here i don't think so rahul is going to warm the bench and i feel ishan kishan is going to be uh, acting as a backup opener and he dhawan will be making way for him i feel uh, somewhere even i agree with raj that shreyas ayer i don't think so he is the number 6 uh, batsman uh, who india needs right now we need a finisher and i feel Pandya is going to bat above him. Yeah, but what more could Shreyas do? I mean, basically, the twice he's actually been in there for any distance, he's gone along at a very good rate. Today, 37 off 18. He can't do much more than that, can he? Not at all. And even I'm not blaming him also. This is what Raj exactly mentioned, that we are not having any long-term planning over here. And again, we are playing him, but how we are going to make him play at number six and as a match finisher when India is going to need 10 of 30, 35, this is going to be a situation situation 8 out of 10 times in going into the world cup so somewhere i feel that this 4 5 and 6 lot 
going before the world cup at least uh, fingers crossed if we are having new zealand and africa series before that we need to however get this fixed and uh, overall the too many players i feel jadeja is also coming in maybe if sundar is not performing india might also have a look at ashwin so this ipl is going to matter a lot uh, to finalize the squad at least of uh, first 15 and not bring so much of confusion by giving every youngster a chance because experience is also going to matter a lot in the world cup You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Raj, I, I totally agree with what Naman said there. The IPL is going to be key for quite a few countries, isn't it? And to see who's in form in India. But for India, most notably, there is the potential for a few questions to be answered. But I'll give you a, a scenario. KL Rahul has a really poor IPL. And you've got then Dev Duck Padikal scores 800 runs in the IPL. Or Rutteraj Gayakwad takes his chance with CSK or somebody else Nitish Rana or somebody has an absolutely storming IPL and he's saying pick me pick me pick me all of a sudden their squad of 16-17 could potentially or 20 turns into 28 doesn't it? <laughs> it it could well happen like that but I don't think you know any other player other than this and this squad which is playing in England or with the likes of say add Shami Bumran Natarajan to Anjadeja to the squad other than this four I don't think anybody else would get picked even if they perform that well in the IPL but what I worry about is you know this lack of plan and lack of long term vision which I was talking about you know before the series also Jim uh, there were some factors which I noted down you know which India lack in this side is lack of dynam- dynamism in the side so they addressed the dynamic behavior in this series by picking Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan. They knew that, you know, India were a little poor uh, in terms of strike rate between over 6 to 15 the last two years. That is why, you know, they added more flair to the side by adding Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan. But then again, it highlights the lack of roadmap or lack of vision because last series in Australia, Samson was picked for a similar role. And then, you know, Samson just played two matches and then he was kicked out of the side. And he's a terrific player. Yeah, and he's a terrific player. So we all know how what Samson is capable of. Sir. So he just played one solitary series in Australia, played two games only for this reason that, you know, he could up the ante during the middle overs between six over six to 15, because that is the phase when most of the times, you know, you have uh, uh, Virat Kohli and KL Rahul at the crease who are not known to tong the spinners at will. That is why they picked Samson in there. And then Samson does not play in the next series against England. So now what happens in England is they pick Pant only because Pant is in terrific form uh, in red ball cricket. That is why Pant gets picked in the T20 side against England. Pant was never in the plans for India T20 circuit the last year or so. So again, Pant selection in this team. And the other areas which I can think of is they lacked a lot of left-handers. So they picked in Pant and then they wanted to try a left-hander up top. So they started with Dhawan in the first game where they started with Dhawan and Rahul. They, they had a problem of having two anchors in the same team in KL and Kohli in the same 11. Number four and five are still undecided so who are the ones who are going to play for number four and five in India the, the options that you have is Surya Kumar Yadav now with his performance Shreya Sayer you know who's doing beautifully well Samson who just played a solitary series Rishabh Pant is consistently backed for number four Ishan Kishan you know who delivered in the one game he played the other pain area that I think of is no wickets up front you know lack of proper swing bowler you can argue that you know Bhuvneshwar Kumar is back now getting the ball to swing a bit getting 
getting his rhythm back, getting his mojo back, trying to regain full fitness. But then again, the last two years, if you see before Bhuvneshwar Kumar got injured, Deepak Chahar was their prime bowler inside the power playovers. Now, where is Deepak Chahar in the scheme of things? So these are the things, you know, which baffles me a bit. And it's high time that India, you know, figures out an 11. They have plenty of talent. They have plenty of reserves. They have the depth. They can match England. They can beat England. But they need to get their act right in the World Cup. Couldn't agree more, Naman, with what Raj has just said there. And you, you could argue that, I mean, England have got far, you know, in numbers, less players at their disposal. But what they've got right is that planning, isn't it? They know exactly who fits in where and what they're supposed to be doing. And if that person is injured, who comes in to replace them? Whereas India don't seem to have that cohesion, do they? That cohesive thought process. Not at all. And majorly with the batting lineup. And uh, overall, if you will see T20s, uh, any team could have their day. It's not like India or England. They are the strongest and the best. Yes, they are the ones who are the prospect of who are into the top two teams of winning this World Cup. But T20 is such a fast-paced game and you never know which team. Uh, you can take West Indies. Uh, they are the power pack team of T20s and uh, likes of Afghanistan also the way they are having their bowling lineup. So you need your top six batsmen to be strongest and fixed. Uh, yes, the bowlers, you will have the bowlers bowling slower balls and death deliveries. But overall, now we have not seen it. Already four games have we do not have Natarajan. We have only seen him in Australia. So it's uh, we now need to focus on the more on the 11 players which we are going to field at least in first three matches of the World Cup and just not keep giving chances on the basis of the IPL performance. Okay, this player was good and he hit. Uh, he had scored good runs for this franchise. It's time. Yes, we are showing that we are preparing for World Cup, but we are simply just rotating the players on basis of their current performance. Yes, Rahul has a lean patch but now if we do not play Rahul in the World Cup uh, this four chances given to him is of, going to be of no use as you have mentioned that if KL Rahul failed in uh, in IPL uh, what's next the uh, future who will be playing in place of him uh, this is a bit messier right now but uh, after this uh, series I feel India needs to more focus on getting the 11 right with Jadeja and Bumrah and everyone coming in Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, get on there now. couple of questions then from this Indian innings. I was loving, loving watching Surya Kumar Yadav bat. 57 off 31, six fours, three sixes, including that one off the first ball he faced. And his first knock in Indian colours. I'm a Mumbai Indians fan, so I was really hoping he was going to get a good opportunity in this series to show what he can do. And was delighted to have seen him come in and score a 50 and, and look the part, like you said. Was he out? That catch, David Milan. Fingers under the ball, fingers not under the ball. Raj. <laughs> it was very dicey to judge because people can have perceptions, but I think he did not have fingers under the ball. It it looked 
it looked as if from one evidence that you know his hands were separated a bit and the ball touched the ground so i don't think it was out but as good as an empire can be you know he cannot have telescopic vision to uh, see what goes on beyond say 70 yards and to see the call even if a call is a dubious one but uh, it was a controversial one but if you ask me i don't think it was out naman what do you think it was a clean not out and uh, to be honest i wouldn't even blame a third umpire here but i strongly feel that icc needs to think about this soft signal thing uh, this is not doing fair air to any team uh, we have seen in test matches also because end of the day if you are going to the third umpire and he's going to end up uh, taking all the angles into consideration and is going to give his own uh, decision at the end of the day so i don't think so because when the umpire is not sure what is the weightage of that soft signal given over there you are already going to the third umpire so let him decide uh, whatever he wants to so i feel uh, third uh, the soft signal thing needs to be taken into consideration well, and appara- so- apparently no man the mcc i think have got it on their agenda at some stage i'm not sure when what the time scale of this is because they they look at um, things that go going on in world cricket they kind of govern the laws of the game and I think on their agenda at their next meeting is exactly that that the umpire soft signal is going to be extended so you can basically as an umpire say out not out or unsighted stroke not sure as a middle ground and therefore then the whole onus goes on to the third umpire I think I think that's a good thing because I mean like today that catch by David Milan how does the umpire know because he's so far away from that so it makes sense for him to say unsighted or not sure or too far away or whatever the, the phrase would be but the only danger with that is we see on runouts really obvious not run where the batsman's six yards past the stumps and they still go upstairs. We're going to get a situation where the umpire's frightened to actually give a soft signal and he'll just say, not sure. And the third umpire will make all the decisions anyway. But end of the day, I feel the correct decision is going to be made. But also taking this LBW decisions uh, uh, to be taken into consideration uh, when we are seeing the Hawkeye and everything and the ball is just uh, touching the bales or it's like less than 50%, more than 50%. I feel that... The- Let's get away from umpire's call because that's a whole new podcast. <laughs> we could go on for hours about that because I've got very strong opinions on that as well. But Raj, it's, it seems to me that if David Milan had his fingers under that ball, he's got the longest fingers in human history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it looked it looked as if, you know, the ball bumped onto the ground and it was very clear uh, whatever the soft signal was. So I think it was conclusive evidence to turn it in the favour of the batsman and it was clear not out. So there's no uh, argument. I, I think as well, it's worth saying David Milan wouldn't know that because David Milan, if you look at the, his, where his body was, where his eyes were going, his eyes were shut actually when the ball, I think, hit the ground. He would feel that went in cleanly. So I don't think there's any sort of dodginess aimed at him. Looking at those replays, I don't see how the umpire could see it was humanly possible for David Milan's fingers to be underneath that ball. Um, the other controver- controversy in that innings, and I know Naman, um, he's ready to come off his long run on this one, is the um, Adil Rashid catch um, in the final over. Ultimately, it didn't matter, did it, Naman, because those six runs or the wicket didn't make any difference to the final results. But I felt looking at that uh, replay, Rashid had his foot on the ropes when the ball was coming down towards him. But as the ball hit his hands and he took the catch, his heel had come off the Toblerone and therefore it was a legitimate catch for me. I know you've got different opinions. Not that different opinion but I did not see his feet moving that much or conclusive evidence over there uh, where yes his feet was touching over there but it was not conclusive with that ball when the ball was in his hand if the feet was not touching so but you could see there, you I could see went. his heel I, I could see his heel distinctly move off the Toblerone. I don't think I don't understand the, the other point from this is during the test series we were 
were crying out for replays from different angles. There were so many times the third umpire made a decision from 20 seconds of looking at, at, at footage. Whereas in this T20 International today, we probably had about 20 minutes cumulatively of uh, third umpire replays. I don't know where they've all come from because all of a sudden the technology's there. But there did seem to be a movement of the heel. But the other point is, no man, the third umpire looked at the same angle about 20 times on the bounce. Well, if he hasn't taught you something in the first time you replay it, or even the second time you replay it, why do you need to see another 10 times of it? That is what exactly made me confused over there and I could, couldn't agree more to that that you have just... Uh, mentioned but the other thing what I was also confused with is is the player allowed to take the support of the boundary and then move his feet and then uh, catch the ball is what another I felt like if the player if the fielder is going say for example out of behind the ropes and then he's jumping and taking the catch is that allowed so like he was first touching the boundary and then he took the support of the ropes and yes after catching the ball he didn't he was not in say for example like if I consider that he was not touching the rope but can the fielder do that I am not an umpire but my my reading on it would be that if in your scenario there the fielder was out of play and then jumped on the boundary edge to then launch himself to catch the ball I would say that's not out because he's coming from out of play and his foot hasn't hasn't touched inside the boundary rope by the time he takes the catch but with Rashid his heel was on the boundary edge obviously his toes or whatever his front of his foot was inside the ground so by the time he when he took the catch and his heel was off the boundary edge he's standing effectively inside the ropes and he's therefore in the field of play when he takes the catch legitimately so that is the difference I think in those two scenarios that you give me which would mean that in your example it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be out but in Rashid's example today it was out because his body was in and his feet were inside the ropes at the time he took the catch still I wouldn't agree to that uh, I Raj, that- Raj you're the right you're the intermediary Raj which side do you want and remember your future on this podcast depends on it <laughs> I actually in the initial clips that I saw I thought that it was not out but then when I saw it later say I, I saw it two times again after the match was over and I think it was out so what, what changed your mind what changed my mind was those fraction little more seconds so initially the first fraction of a second it looked like you know he touched the, his heel touched the rope and when his heel touched the rope I thought he took the catch then but just if you move one millisecond behind and if you move one frame before then what happens is that when he when his heel touches the ropes he actually does not take the catch and just after a millisecond you know he moves his heel front and then takes the catch so I think it was a legitimate catch. That's where I would go and Raj stays on the podcast. Now, man, your future is decidedly dodgy in terms of uh, this podcast. Let's move on very quickly because we're running out of time today, guys. But it's a fascinating chat and uh, I, it makes me actually quite interested in Indian cricket, really, that the two Indian supporters who have just seen India take a terrific win to level the series are still kind of moaning about the structure of India's T20 thought process. I think that's quite interesting and possibly something we'll develop at another stage as well. But to get into India's, uh, sorry, England's reply to this one, at various stages, it looked fairly comfortable for me for England. They're exactly level pegging, I think, at halfway in an 11 over mark. Jason Roy, I don't think he's in terrific form, but made 40 off 27. 
27. You've got Johnny Bairstow who came in and contributed 25 off 19. But Ben Stokes was flying, wasn't he? 46 off 23 when he got out. And those guys, they just lost their wickets at the wrong time, Naman, didn't they? They Just as England were kind of getting their noses ahead and looking like they were going to power towards 20 overs. I actually just said on the commentary I was doing that Ben Stokes will be thinking to himself, he needs to be there at the end. You hear batsmen say it all the time, don't you? I've got myself in. I'm playing well. I need to see my team home. But none of them did that, did they? Yes, and if you'll see two similar deliveries were bowled over there and uh, you saw Rohit Sharma pointing out uh, to Shardul Thakur and I feel uh, Kohli had, uh, was out during that time and the plan worked. Bowling slower off-cutters outside the off-stump and both fell uh, to the similar de- deliveries and I felt that one of them uh, should have stayed over there because uh, after Morgan there was not quite batting. Uh, yes, they are power hitters but not the ones who would stay over there and take singles and doubles and maybe odd sixes and fours. So I felt those two wickets in just two balls in a single over uh, changed the course of the match. Overall, I feel the uh, Roy and Bairstow when they the platform was uh, superbly set over there and Stokes was in the right mood. One of them should have stayed and uh, yes, Stokes went for that shot but I felt Morgan should have dealt with uh, at least singles, doubles during that time. But uh, after a long time, Morgan also got a chance to bat and uh, he he will also take some time uh, catching up. So, yes, uh, right now all the players are slowly catching up because they are not playing continuous uh, cricket, white ball cricket. So, I feel uh, Morgan will also start. He needed this game badly. So, maybe in the fifth game, the last uh, T20, we'll see a good uh, performance from England's batting, especially from Morgan as well. It's, it's funny with Owen Morgan. I felt he was a little bit frenetic today. I thought he was a bit all over the place. He was moving his feet around and using the crease rather than just trying to get himself in, which I thought was key for Murray Morgan. I think he should have used his first five or six balls to make sure he was in. And then that's maybe where you get a little bit more expensive, but he never really gave himself the opportunity today. Raj with Rohit Sharma, as uh, Naman has just said, the tactical genius that is the Mumbai Indian skipper. Virat was off the pitch, wasn't he? Strange that, eh? Yeah, it is strange, but, uh, you know, however, Rohit Sharma, however tactically astute he is, and we all know how good a captain he is, but I don't think, you know, that uh, changed the course of the game today, because when Virat was in, at the pitch, uh, you know, it was Sundar and Chahar bowling, and it you all know that no, it was very difficult for spinners to grip the ball, especially in these due conditions. And exactly, you know, when he stepped out of the field, Virat, that is when the fast bowlers again came into the scene and that's when Rohit Sharma took over. So it looks like, you know, it was... Because the, the, the mighty Rohit seized the initiative and steered India home. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So it was actually coincidental that Virat stepped off the field and Rohit came in. And when Rohit came in, the fast bowlers were again operating in and they were operating and uh, they were very good today. So when Virat was at the field, you know, it was that passage between overs 10 to 15 where Sundar and Chahar were finding it very difficult to grip the ball. So how, even though how good a captain Rohit Sharma is, I don't think, you know, captaincy helped today. It was very good bowling by the Indian side and this was Team India's performance. My, my tongue was a little bit in my cheek, I have to say, when I was asking those questions. Now, man, um, Rahul Chahar came in, took his chance today, didn't he? He's obviously trying to fight his way back into that 11. Yuzvendra Chahal stuck on the, uh, in the dugout instead of him. I thought he bowled quite nicely Chahar today, considering the the, the Jew and the and the the pressure that he was under in a reasonably high scoring game. 
Yes, and he has been uh, terrific for Mumbai Indians as well, and his domestic uh, performance was also great. And he also deserved his chance. And uh, I felt uh, if you will see the statistics in the last ten odd matches, uh, Chahal has been uh, has gone for plenty of runs. I feel forty uh, is the minimum score which has give, uh, which he has given, and not striking too many wickets. I felt Kuldeep is much bot- better bowler than uh, Chahal. If you will see overall uh, statistics in the last ten uh, to fifteen matches played for India. Yeah, Chahal needs some time off. I feel someone needs to get into his ears, and because uh, if you will see, he's always confused between bowling between loop deliveries to few ba- uh, batsmen, and he's not consistent with consistent with his line and length. So yes, over here, this particular performance of Chahal is only going to add, uh, uh, but more pressure on Chahal. And uh, good to see uh, leg spinners coming uh, in and performing for India, and uh, hopefully next match also Chahal delivers and. Uh, I don't know still uh, which leg spinners are going to feature in India for the World Cup. So it's again Kuldi versus Chahal versus Chahal. So let's see how it goes. If experience is also going to count, so if uh, Chahal plays next match, uh, hopefully he performs, and uh, we'll have to see wait for Chahal to perform in uh, for RCB. I guess that's another example of India not quite knowing who their men are at the moment, isn't it? With the World Cup not too far away, it's just good today, wasn't it, to see the team batting first, winning for a change, and all of these people that were on my Twitter feed at the start after the toss saying well I'm turning the TV off now I, I know who's going to win congratulations England 3-1 I, I replied to a couple saying well yeah your little faith have faith in your side if you bat well you win and that was the that was the proof was in the pudding there uh, Raj wasn't it India actually put in a decent performance and a shift with the bat and got their uh, just rewards yeah, what was interesting after the toss was the commentator asked Virat that if he would have batted first in this wicket and he said that yes they wanted to push themselves to the limit that they wanted to test themselves in these tricky situations so that was very refreshing to see that the side which went on to lose the toss went e- on e- easy for Virat to say that after he's lost the toss though isn't it <laughs> you know he loses most of the tosses so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you could bottle a toss, but if there was a toss bottle, that would be Virat Kohli. <laughs> so, yeah, so spirited performance, batting first on top, testing themselves in crucial situations, uh, defending against that duo, very, very good performance. Very happy. And going into the decider on, on Saturday as well, it kind of sheds the series of that kind of stigma of win-toss-win match, doesn't it? And maybe makes a few more people sort of stay tuned after that toss has been called because everything depends on that final game on Saturday. Saturday, it's two apiece between the two best sides in T20 cricket internationally at the moment. And uh, I said at the start of this 3-2 to India, I was poo-pooed by English fans on Twitter when they said, can you see India winning three of the last four games? And I said, yeah, I can. I can see, I've seen these players in the IPL. I know how good they are. They just need to get going and get their mojo going. And it looks like India are starting to do that, despite Naman and Raj feigning to see the master plan behind India's progress towards the world. World Cup T20. If you're out there and you agree with Naman and Raj, or if you would disagree with them as well, let us know on at cricket underscore badger. Naman and Raj, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Been really enjoying this series, and finally we have seen a close one. And we'll be back again tomorrow as we build up for Saturday's decider on the Cricket Badger podcast. I've been James the Cricket Badger, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow.
Social Podcast Network.